Welcome to r slash malicious compliance, where your wish is my command. I worked as a housekeeper at a small local hotel. At the beginning when I started, about three years ago, things were pretty peachy. I got above minimum wage and worked in an environment with a more relaxed working pace. We had more time than your average hotel to clean rooms and it showed in customer satisfaction. We had stellar reviews with customers raving about how there wasn't a speck of dust anywhere. How everything from the lampshades to the bathroom drain was always scrubbed squeaky clean. I loved my job and took pride in it. And when we had extra time, which happened from time to time, we would do some deeper cleaning like scrubbing all the walls inch by inch, disinfecting the whole bathroom, cleaning the blinds, etc. Even though we all had some extra time, we used it to make sure the rooms were always up to a very high standard. As a result of this, we got a reputation of being an affordable but very clean hotel, so our popularity spiked. In our prime, we were booked full about 90% of the days. Our boss made a pretty nice amount of money. We don't have a reception, we're self-service. You get a passcode for your room by a text message, so he saved money with that. He drives an expensive car and seems very well off. We were never struggling financially. Then, things started changing. We're a very close-knitted team of cleaners who have been in the house for years. A couple of us left at the end of last year. One moved to another state, another became a housewife after having a kid, and we started expecting newcomers to our team. They never came. Our boss claimed that it's hard to find workers for this kind of job. We never had anyone interviewed, and I never saw ads anywhere that were hiring, so I'm not sure he was even planning on replacing them. So, our work pace got tighter. We managed somehow, but there was no longer time for thorough cleaning. Then the boss opened a restaurant so that guests could have breakfast. Cleaning it daily got added to our workload, and that place is massive. It takes at least one and a half hours to clean daily. At the same time, he opened a separate Airbnb-style apartment, three bedrooms, kitchen, living room, and bathroom for larger groups who wanted to reside together. Cleaning that fell on us as well. So suddenly, we were down to two people, there were seven of us initially, and we were shoved two massive new responsibilities. We asked our boss again to hire more people, but he said no and that we've been having it too easy beforehand. He also refused to add another hour or two to our daily working hours, currently 9am to 3pm. We have six hours and everything needs to be done at 3pm sharp because that's when the new passcodes start working. Understandably, we were stressed out. There was suddenly far too much to do, and our boss also simultaneously expected that we would keep up our usual cleaning standard. But when our time per room plummets from 45 minutes to 25 minutes tops, usually closer to 15, obviously, we're not able to clean everything the way we did before. We would get yelled at when we got bad feedback because there wasn't enough time to clean thoroughly enough. Customers who came in after our clean rooms were disappointed and took their business elsewhere. Also, my coworkers started calling in sick because they were burnt out. It was a mess, but our boss maintained the outlook that if he just pushed a massive amount of work on us, we'd somehow magically find an extra pair of hands and get everything done 100%. Last week, we had a meeting with my coworkers. We discussed the current situation, and to my surprise, everyone was considering quitting. Out of loyalty to our longtime employer, the five of us agreed to have a meeting with our boss and try to persuade him to hire more staff to bring the hotel back to its earlier standard. A couple of days later, we had the said meeting. Our boss was still in denial and said that we just need to up our pace and do things faster. He cited that most hotels give housekeepers about 20 minutes to do everything. 
We pointed out that that's true, but in that case, he can't expect us to clean better than those hotels. He scoffed and told us, If you don't like working here, then leave. That was all we needed to hear. That night, we had another meeting amongst us cleaners. We checked our contracts and realized there was no agreed-on notice for resignation as we're at will. So we were all going to take his advice. That morning, at 9 a.m. sharp, the five of us paid our boss a visit. The look on his face when we simultaneously slammed down our resignation letters and marched out, leaving no one to clean the whole hotel that day, will warm my heart for the rest of my days. He was absolutely stunned. He tried to call us to talk things over. Nuh-uh. We just did what you told us to. Have fun replacing what was a motivated, loyal, and dedicated team of cleaners who made your business bloom. I love this response from Retail Hell in the comments. It's amazing how a boss can shoot himself in the foot and be shocked that it hurts. Our next Reddit post is from Cassiope. Last month, I canceled my business VOIP after 7 months of only having 25-50% to of the services I'd been paying for. I kept calling tech support. Depending on which service, they'd get one of the issues fixed for about a week before it went down again. The other issue they never got fixed. Midway through, I asked for and got a partial refund for a month, but I didn't have the time to keep up with it on a regular basis. When I put in the cancellation request, I had two months left on my contract. I asked if they waived the cancellation fee and paying out of the last two months of the contract due to the service issues. This was about 142 bucks. I figured it was simpler and less expensive for them than asking to calculate out a refund for the other months of no service. My request was ignored and I got an email about the cancellation. So I sent another email asking for a waiver. It was declined. No explanation. I popped over a third email saying if they didn't want to write off the end of the contract, then perhaps they'd be willing to give a refund for the percent of services I'd not received. I calculated this out to be about 158 bucks and asked for a refund of $16. It was declined again and I was told I could call billing to request a refund, which I did. I figured I'd negotiate for the $158 refund. I was told they couldn't do refunds back for that many months. They could only do three months. I rolled my eyes and said, fine. I was given a full three-month refund, $217. So I and they spent a lot more time, and they gave me 75 bucks more than I'd been willing to accept. Our next Reddit post is from Overpaid Overworked. Years ago, I had a thankless labor and service job with a pretty unappreciative boss. I've got lots of stories. One morning, I roll into the office about 7.25 and get a dirty look from my boss as I head to the dispatcher's office to collect my day's work. I'm supposed to be there at 7.15. I'd actually been working since about 1.30. It was an 18-hour day the night before, and was thinking that only being 10 minutes late wasn't bad. When I got my stack of papers for the day, I let out one of those low groans and said, Ugh, you've gotta be shitting me. It was gonna be another long day. The boss takes that as his chance to call me out in front of the rest of the office. Hey, if you're gonna show up late and then complain about work, we don't need you around here. You're fired. I don't know if he thought I would apologize for coming in late and ask to not be fired, but I knew that I could have a new, equally sucky job before the end of the day. So I called his bluff and handed over my clipboard and walked away. He must have looked through my work for the day and realized that he didn't have anyone that could do what I could do and with the labor market crunch, he just didn't have anybody. On my way out to my car, I stopped and started chatting with my buddy and the dispatcher, having a smoke. 
The boss comes out and tells me to meet him in his office so we can discuss my attitude. I said, I'm not going to your office. I just got fired. My buddy and the dispatch are shocked. My buddy says, you know he pulled 18 hours yesterday and 15 the day before that. Dispatch says, why'd you fire him? We've got no one to do his run today. Boss is taken a little aback and says, I didn't say you're fired. I said you're fi-hired. So here's your route for the day. I say, well, if I just got hired, we should talk about my starting wage. And that's how I got a $2 an hour raise. Fi hired is a hilariously pathetic backpedal. I don't understand when people screw up, why can't they just admit they screw up, apologize, and move on? Our next Reddit post is from XGN Existence. I used to work in a grocery store back in 2016. I was 16 to 17 at the time. I don't work retail anymore, but I wanted to share this story I still remember to this day. It was a pretty normal night right before the end of my shift. I was one of the few closers at my store, so it was just me, my supervisor, and a cashier. I worked the self-checkout and customer service desk. My supervisor had just collected the tills and was in the back counting, and I was starting my rounds to take back the non-perishables that were left at the registers. I also might add that our store had terrible camera placement. Basically, it showed all the registers in the supervisor's office door, which is where the safe was. This is important later. After putting up all the items that were left at the registers, I did my final checks of the store to make sure there was no misplaced or damaged items on the floor. I find a case of beer that was leaking in our beer and wine section, and since I wasn't sure how damaged the bottom of the cardboard case was, I had to drag it to the front so I could inform my supervisor about the damaged item before taking it to the back. We kept a cart full of damaged items to be taken out by the morning crew. Since the supervisor's office is locked while they're counting the tills, I call over to her and let her know that there was a damaged case of beer and I was taking it to the back. She responds with an absent, Okay, sounds good. So I take it to the back, place it with the rest of the damaged items, and go back to the front of the store to see if there's anything else my supervisors need me to do before I clock out. There isn't. The next couple of days are fine as I finish up the week and wait for the next week's schedule to be posted, and I find out that I'm not scheduled for the next week. I figure there must have been a mistake, as there was someone working at the same grocery store who shared my first name. I go upstairs to my manager's office and ask him about the schedule and why I wasn't scheduled. He responds with, Oh, my bad. I forgot to tell you that you're suspended until the investigation is over. By the way, can you train your replacement today on the self-checkout and customer service desk? Me, confused and annoyed at the moment, don't really pay attention to the second part of his comment and ask him what was he talking about. We caught you stealing that case of beer that you took to the back. And until the police investigation is complete, you won't be working here anymore. Please turn in your uniform, name tag, and badge. I'm furious, but I would decide that I would just go with a bit of malicious compliance in this situation. Well, boss man, I took the damaged case of beer to the back to be thrown out in the morning as per procedure. But since I won't be working here anymore, I guess you'll just have to find someone else to train my replacement, since I clearly can't be trusted. I was the only person who could train someone for the customer service desk other than him. His jaw dropped. The look on his face was priceless as I took off my uniform and handed him my name tag and override card. I then proceeded to walk out, get in my car, and drive home. Our next Reddit post is from one cool username guy. 
So this is about three years ago. I was working at Papa John's in Canada and was acting as the assistant manager. When we had customers order within the store, we would just take the customer's name so that we can call out their order once it's ready, and usually that isn't an issue. Well, an older gentleman walks in, 60 to 70 years old, I'd say. He waits in line, approaches the counter, places his order, but when I asked the customer for his name, I realized I had opened Pandora's box. What do you need my name for? It's so that when your order's prepared, I can call it out for you, sir. You don't need my effing name. He turns to the customers in line and says, Watch out, the effing pizza guy wants your social security number. Sir, if it's an issue, you can just use a fake name. Just put Bob on it. And so I did. Ten minutes later, his pizza is hot and fresh from the oven. I walk to the counter and yell out to the store, Pizza for Bob. The guy doesn't budge. I realize now that this man has forgotten that he was ordering under an alias and doesn't know his order is ready. The other customers in the store, however, knew what was happening because they just watched and heard the misery unfold. They turned to Bob. They turned to me. They turned to Bob. And I can see it in their eyes. Even the customers long for that malicious compliance. I continued to bring the other customers their orders, some who had been there before him, and once Bob had noticed that I was serving food to those who ordered after him, he approached the counter. At this point, the pizza is getting nice and dry under the heat lamp. It's been about 20 minutes since he's ordered. Is my food going to be ready soon? Sir, it's been out of the oven for about 10 minutes now. I called the name you gave me several times, but nobody came to the counter. At this point, the guy is aware that he's getting his food late at his own demise. I hand him the pizza and there's no more exchanging of words. He leaves and goes on his way. The customers who witnessed the misery unfold were all snickering as he left. Our next Reddit post is from Cat Jesus. I work in a major pizza delivery chain that, so far, has been unsuccessful in out-pizza-ing the hut. Our store is in a college town, and everyone is bored as hell right now for obvious reasons. So we've gone from maybe one prank call a day to at least three to five, which isn't much but still really annoying with how much business we've been getting, again, for obvious reasons. The worst part is how uncreative and low effort most of them are. At least 80% of them are, Can I get a boneless pizza? Or, Is this the Krusty Krab? With the occasional insert GTA fast food order copypasta here. This has been going on way too long, so I took up the habit of just hanging up whenever I heard someone saying something stupid. The boss wasn't too happy about this, but didn't care enough to say anything until an incident where I hung up on someone who wanted that boneless pizza, and he called back pissed because he actually wanted to order. So I get a stern talking to from Boss Man, and he sends a message to the company's group chat saying, I know we've been getting more prank calls than usual, but please don't follow in certain people's footsteps and just hang up on them. Take the calls as seriously as possible. If they order something we can't make, calmly explain to them and offer them something we do actually sell. We want to try to make money off of them even if they are acting dumb. So the very next call is where the fun starts. Thank you for calling. What can I get you? I'm so hungry. Can I get an extra, 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 extra large pizza with triple every topping? I'm sorry, ma'am. We can only go up to one extra and double each topping. Hmm, okay then. Can I get 20 extra larges of each meat y'all have? So like 20 pepperoni, 20 sausage, etc.? These people are obviously high as hell and giggling in the background the whole time. Sure, give me a second to ring it all up. 
Okay, that's 180 pizzas. The total will be a thousand bucks. I don't remember the actual price, but close enough. And it'll take about three hours. Awesome, thanks. We'll pay with a check when we get there. And she hangs up. So I place the order and not 30 seconds later I hear, What the actual F? From the boss as he runs to the computer. How are they paying for this? He asks me. They said with a check, we do still take checks for orders over $200, right? They can't have been serious. Was this a prank call? Not sure, boss. You said take all calls seriously. He just grumbles and picks up the phone and calls the customer. And all I hear is super loud laughter as he hangs up. Meanwhile, other employees have started actually making the ridiculous order, not noticing anything weird about it. So by the time the boss finishes the call and cancels the order on the computer, there are already five extra large pepperoni pizzas in the oven. So we got free dinner for everyone working that night, as well as another message in the group chat saying, In regards to my last message, please just use good judgment when taking orders. Our next Reddit post is from 75FootUBI. Not my story, but my parents. About 10 years ago, my dad got into a bad accident in the Jetta. A woman T-boned him at full speed and left the side of his car shot to hell. He starts to claim through his insurance and they start the repairs. The insurance adjuster writes into the repair report that the insurance company put a lifetime guarantee on all repairs done to the car from this accident. Things that were repaired and replaced included the transmission, the condenser, the radiator, serpentine belt, headlight assembly, ECU, etc. Basically, a lot of big ticket items. So time wears on, and about three years later, the clutch pad needs to be replaced, so my dad takes it into the shop and then sends the insurance company the bill. The insurance agent says, Why are you sending this to us? My dad says, It's one of the things repaired after the accident that you guaranteed for life. We didn't mean lifetime, we meant a year. Well, the policy says lifetime, so you're on the hook. After a few nasty letters between lawyers, the insurance company pays up. But now, my parents are pissed at the way they've been treated, so they resolve to keep the car until the floorboards rust out. Things that have been replaced on the insurance company dime since then include the clutch, radio, left front tire, multiple times, brake pads and rotors, front bumper, driver door window motor, air filter, left side engine mounts, etc. The insurance company tried to buy them out a few years ago, but my parents refused. And since no limitations were put on the repair policy, the insurance company is on the hook for as long as my parents own the car. It's a manual diesel, so it's going to live forever. Current mileage target, 500,000. That was r slash malicious compliance, and if you like this video, then hit that subscribe button because I put out new Reddit videos every single day.